0: This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement planning. Another edition of the Retire Happy Podcast on the way. Hope you've got a smile on your face today. We've got a great show on tap for you. Walter Storholt alongside John Amarino. John is at Securus Financial, a fiduciary financial advisor here in the San Diego area with an office on Trina Street. They're next to Scripps Ranch High School off of uh, Interstate 15. You can find us online by going to gosecurus.com. That's go Securus.com, and i will tell you some more ways to get in touch with john a little bit later on in today's show john what's going on how uh, are things in your world sir
1: excellent excellent it's a beautiful day here in san diego and uh ready is it to, ever ready not a beautiful
0: day in san diego
1: we've had a few we've had a
0: few.
1: <laughs> a little bit more rain this this last year but right. uh, no, it's absolutely beautiful
0: now 97 percent of the days are beautiful right
1: yes hey we are america's finest city (laughs) that's
0: right well i'm glad that you are energized and ready for a good show because i've got a great topic for you today we're going to talk about diy planning when it works and when it doesn't you know in many areas of our culture you know just taking a sidestep from all the financial stuff here i think the do-it-yourself mentality has become really popular i mean there's a diy network now you can watch shows about home renovation landscaping interior design how to do your own you know couponing when you go to the store you know how to do all these things without professional help and i want to take a look at what the diy mentality is looking like right now in the financial and retirement planning worlds and is it a helpful thing or is it Hurtful, but before we even dive into the financial stuff, are you a DIYer at all in anything in life, John? Do you tend to have anything that's like a professional might normally do it for you, but you just love doing it on your own?
1: No, I am uh, probably the most unhandy person <laughs> in the world. Yeah, I've tried; it hasn't gone without trying. And you know, I've watched some of these do-it-yourself shows, and I, you know, that looks pretty easy, and then. I uh, get myself in a bind and then I'm making phone calls to either friends or uh, professionals to bail me out right. of, of my situation. So I, I just, you know, I'm of the, the belief that, listen, I'm just going to pay someone to do it, do it correctly, and I don't have to worry about that. If there's something wrong, I can have them come out and again fix it.
0: Yeah, I think this is the thing that I've learned about being a DIYer as I've had to, uh, you know, I intentionally became a DIYer when uh, we moved into our new home and it's a fixer upper. So I'm doing all sorts of, you know, DIY type things and starting to learn and I'm really enjoying learning and I'm enjoying the process, but let me tell you you better be willing to make a lot of mistakes because you got to learn, make the mistakes to learn from them. (laughs) And that's how you get better. And I think that's the problem we're going to uncover when it comes to the financial side of things is we don't have that curve. We don't have that time to recover from all of these mistakes that we might make trying to do these things on our own. But before I pull the cart before the horse, when you come across somebody who doesn't have a financial advisor, so they're not using that professional, what are usually their reasons for taking that DIY approach?
1: A couple of reasons. I think number one, they, you know, I, have ran into a few people that they just had bad advisors, you know, advisors that weren't transparent and, you know, put them in investments and lo and behold, they, they found out that they were paying a lot more than they thought they were. So, you know, I would probably say, you know, some of them are scorned and then other people you know, they're just big, you know, Fox business or CNBC watchers. And they just feel that they, uh, you know, they don't need to pay anyone and that they can do just as good of a job with the amount of information out here. I mean, you know, what's different from now from 30 years ago is the fact that matters, we have so much information available to us that I think that gives people a little bit more sense of, of ability to take care of their own financial affairs.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I think level of information has certainly been helpful for me from the home improvement side of things. I can Google YouTube videos and see how people are doing different, you know, renovations and, and ideas and learn different techniques that way. And that's not necessarily information you had as you know readily on hand in the past. So that gives you a little bit more power and freedom and confidence in taking that DIY approach for sure. I think costs are obviously another big reason too. we're going to save money. Mm-hmm doing something on their, on our own. So uh, those are definitely two major, major triggers, I would think. If somebody's been managing their money by themselves, they've been doing this DIY approach for a while, John, what are some of the triggers that then all of a sudden cause them to come in and meet with an advisor like you? Just like when I hit the water pipe when I was trying to do some bathroom renovations and caused water to spurt everywhere uncontrollably, I had to go call the plumber. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. You know, I think to a lot of DIYs' credit, they realize the importance of what they're doing and they want to seek out knowledge. So I get a lot of DIY people that come to my classes, right? Because they want the free education and I can't blame them. I, you know, that's great. And I think when we start talking, especially about things like sequence risk, where most people don't know that That's one of the largest financial risks for people when you bring in market losses and you're taking money out of that account to live off of the snowball effect and and real detrimental effect it can have on your retirement. I think it's things like that or taxes or estate planning that they're not, you know, they're just looking at growing their money and they're not looking or they're not aware of all the pitfalls that come into retirement because, you know, they're not spending their life planning for these pitfalls like a financial expert does. So I think a lot of people come in and they all of a sudden say, whoa, I've never even heard of this. I never even thought of this. We need to come in and perhaps look into getting professional help.
0: Any specific examples of somebody who was maybe a do it yourselfer, but you were able to kind of meet with them and point out a flaw in their thinking that, um, you know, kind of helped them avoid making one of those mistakes, like drilling into the proverbial, you know, pipe in the wall? Well,
1: I'll tell you, years ago, I, I was teaching a uh, social security and income class. And a gentleman had come up to me after the class and he said, you yeah, know, I'm a do it yourselfer. I feel really good about my investments, but. I just want to confirm one thing with you. You were you were talking about required minimum distributions at seventy, and you said that IRA money is one hundred percent taxable. I was under the impression that that money wasn't going to be taxed, let alone tax that ordinary income. And I said, no, one hundred percent taxed, and you have not paid taxes on that money yet. And he said, I need to come see you. I, I have a lot of money and. <laughs> I'm worried. And I just looked at him at that. You might have a tax time bomb on your hands. He goes, yes. So he came in and you know, lo and behold, he was, he was going to be facing some significant RMDs that he wasn't planning for, but he, we also found out that, you know, he was more conservative. He was a very conservative person by nature, but he was aggressively invested. He had the majority of his portfolio was actually in individual stocks. There is no such thing as a safe stock, so he was very, very highly leveraged in you know higher risk investments. So he would have stood to lose sixty five percent if another two thousand eight style crash happened, which would have devastated him, no matter the amount of assets he had, because of his you know high monthly expenses. So he really uh, he got an eye opening experience, and he he flat out said he goes. You know, you listen to the pundits, you you think you can you can do this, but I never thought of everything that you were talking about. And I, I think for a lot of do-it-yourselfers, you know, think about it. A lot of the do-it-yourself investing has come along here in the last decade. And you didn't have a lot of do-it-yourselfers that got crushed in 2008 because maybe they had their money in a 401k and they were able to do some dollar cost averaging and, and you're putting in money through your payroll contributions which lessens the blow and they didn't realize how profound the effect market losses can have when now this money is your livelihood so i think a lot of people have gotten a little bit of a sense of, of comfort here in the last 10 years since we've been in this big bull market. And uh, I did have some do-it-yourselfers in 2018 where you know they said, I've lost a lot of money and I am concerned because I am taking income, like you said. So I think that quite often happens to a lot of do-it-yourselfers.
0: It's a, a really interesting perspective that you draw there, John. I think that's something I haven't really kind of heard before the way that we perceive a market crash is different when I've always understood yeah if you've got that time horizon that's one thing like okay I've got 20 years before retirement a market crash doesn't bother me so much now versus if I was you know only a year away from retiring because yeah you're you've just got less time to go through that recovery. But you make a great point about how if we're still contributing to these portfolios, even in a down market, it can look like the losses aren't that great, or it can look like the account is going up because we're still making contributions, when in reality, we're still losing money in those accounts. But yeah, you hit retirement, you're not you're not making those contributions anymore. And so it's going to you're going to perceive it a lot differently. But in reality, it's also going to be impacting you that much greater because you're not, you know, buying back in at the lower price. So so that's a really interesting way of looking at it. I, I know that maybe it seems like common sense, but sometimes those connections are um, you know, important to make. And that's just kind of a little bit different angle to, to look at it that way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you're in your 401k, you're not really, you know, doing that proverbial buy and fold where people buy at the top of the markets and then when they're, you know, because they're excited about how the markets are, and then when the markets drop, they sell out because the fear and the panic are starting to set in. You know, when you're working your job, A, you're not taking from that account, which is huge, B, you have a paycheck. So you're more focused on your payroll. You, you may, you may be concerned about your 401k dropping, but as you just said, you're making those contributions and you're buying securities at the low price that they have depreciated to. And that people don't do that in retirement, right? Cause you know, are no longer making contributions.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. So we obviously shared a good story there kind of about taxes being overlooked by that particular person who was a do-it-yourselfer. And unfortunately, in the world or the game of financial planning, and this isn't to put that person down at all, I'm just saying in the world of financial planning, that's a pretty basic thing to get wrong. And it just shows you all the layers and kind of complexities that go along here that, you know, yeah, money in an IRA, that's taxable dollars when you start taking it out. You know, that, that's something that should kind of be in the, you know, financial planning 101. So if a do-it-yourselfer who otherwise has been pretty successful has overlooked something like that, you can kind of start to see where there might be more pitfalls that pop up. But what are some of the other common retirement planning mistakes that you tend to see do-it-yourselfers make?
1: The biggest one is the fact that they're just and we've talked about this in past broadcasts is risk tolerance. And they just don't understand. They don't, they don't have the tools or the analytics to understand that owning stocks and a bunch of stocks in retirement is extremely, extremely risky. And I understand some people draw dividends or whatnot, but a lot of the times the people just don't understand how volatile their portfolios are. And again, we haven't until 2018, we haven't seen a whole lot of volatility here in the last, you know, nine or 10 years in 2017, volatility was obsolete. So I think people really kind of got lulled into a sense of comfort. And then 2018, you know, when the S and P 500 dropped 18% from July through December, along with all the rhetoric of the media, i think a lot of people started to realize like wow how am i going to navigate the waters and again dalbar a quantitative think tank does their annual analysis and says you know the majority of investors over the last 30 years have underperformed the market by over six percent because they panic and i don't find do-it-yourselfers really having a drawn-out plan either right in our office we have buckets. We follow a bucket approach where we have income for, you know, we have a predictable and sustainable income stream to last their lifetime, but it may be broken down into, hey, we're going to draw from this bucket in the first 10 years and this bucket is going to be 11 plus years out. And the reason why we have this is because we want to control irrational behavior by investors. And a lot of, you know, do-it-yourselfers or people in general may say, I'm not irrational. I'm completely rational. And unfortunately, Dalbar's, you know, experience and numerous studies has shown that investors are rational. So, you know, that's the big thing with do yourselfers. They just, I find that they just have way too much exposure to risk and they've kind of been lulled into a comfort zone that, Hey, the markets have been really good, really good. And, you know, just like the housing crisis, you know, in the mid 2000s, everybody wanted to buy a house, you know, that was seven, $800,000 out here in California, because they felt that the house would go up to a million dollars. And, you know, one day they could sell it for a big gain. And that did not turn out too well for those people.
0: Yeah, you make great points, John, and very helpful info, certainly on today's show. So if somebody is a do it yourselfer I mean, what do you what do you say to them? I mean, kind of keep at it and wait until, you know, one of these pain points that we talked about on a previous podcast creeps up and grabs you and then come see me or get a review now of your financial plan or, uh, you know, kind of what direction is there for a do it or to take if they're feeling any anxiety about their plan or even if they're not feeling anxiety right. currently about it?
1: Well, I think for a, uh, a do-it-yourselfer, you need to have some type of relationship with a financial professional. And, you know, if you don't want that financial professional to manage your money for whatever reason, then you should be paying them for a planning fee. To look at all the pitfalls that could hurt your plan and, and to really have someone objectively look at your portfolio and objectively look at your retirement and have the analytics the software to be able to say here's some red flags that you need to address and you know there's some things that as a do-it-yourselfer you can't address you need a financial professional to do that so i think you know if you work with them and you know whether it's having a plan drawn up and paying them to really objectively look i think you can do both but i also tell people listen how long are you going to be able to do this Right. How long and, and you need to treat this, you can't treat this like this is uh, fantasy sports. You, know, you have to be involved. You have to know exactly what you're doing and you have to have your plan for when the markets go down and you have to be disciplined to stay that plan. And you can't you have to understand that, you know, sh- there's a difference between short term volatility and long term volatility. And you can't do panic. You can't do a bunch of short sales. You have to have a defined plan. So, you know, for those that just can't release the reins, it's good to have a relationship with a financial advisor. Let them write a plan up for you, let them have contingencies built in to help you understand, you know, whether that's stop losses or or other contingencies. And then if you're working with that financial advisor and you have a good relationship and you trust that, at a certain point in time, you may not feel comfortable, maybe your cognitive abilities are dropping or you just don't want to do this anymore, then you have a relationship with someone you trust that you can say, hey, I'm ready for you to to step in and, and do my investing for me.
0: You bring up some great points I never really would have thought about. You think so much about, well, I'm going to do it yourself or I'm fine now. But you've got to be comfortable with being that do-it-yourselfer for maybe a couple of decades. And you bring up a great point. Are you going to have the capacity to do it for a long period of time? Or even the will and desire, that may fade as well. Um, And if you previously have that relationship established, that can be really helpful compared to not having it established in the first place. So
1: yeah. And one other point that I just want to make is, you know, as a do-it-yourselfer, you know, you're going to be behind the eight ball because a lot of do-it-yourselfers that I find, I ask them, where do you get your information? Well, I have this newsletter mailed to my house or, or through emails, or I, I watch CNBC or Fox business. You have to realize that you are competing against the big firms and those big firms have the supercomputers and all the hedge analytics. So you are really from a position of disadvantage. You know, if something's already on Fox Business or CNBC this morning, chances are the firms may have known about it a day or two, you know, prior to you. So that's another, you know, unfortunate disadvantage of being a do yourselfer too.
0: Yeah, great point, John. Well, if you are a do-it-yourselfer and you'd like to talk a little bit about working with an advisor and you want to talk to John a little bit about what that relationship looks like, talk some more about the benefits, uh, some of the struggles that DIYers often go through, in addition to what we've covered here on the podcast, it's certainly worth a conversation to see where you stand right now and see how you might be able to achieve some help with an advisor who has walked down this road before with folks who have gone through that transition of being a diy for many years to needing some of that outside guidance. Get in touch by giving a call to 858- 935-6210. That's 858- 935-6210. And you can also get in touch via the website gosecurus.com. You can set up time to meet with the with John there on the website as well. Just look for the contact button gosecurus.com. And we'll put links to all of this in the show notes of today's episode as well. Well, John, that was very helpful. Thank you for the great conversation on DIY and we'll look forward to another fun podcast next time around.
1: Absolutely. Take care.
0: Thanks, John. And for John, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine